And welcome to another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, a senior U.S. senator is blasting the Environmental Protection Agency for not consulting with USDA on a key issue affecting farmers. Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley asked Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack at a recent Ag Committee hearing if EPA consulted Vilsack before urging the Supreme Court not to hear a challenge to California restrictions on the widely used herbicide glyphosate. The Solicitor General argued even against uh, the uh, EPA authority that the law requires. Were you consulted on that in any way? Uh, Senator, we weren't. Grassley says he should have gone further. I made a mistake by not saying to Vilsack, but it wouldn't have been finding fault with Vilsack because he wasn't consulted. But I should have said it's a sad commentary that with the impact that this is having on American agriculture, that he wasn't, that Vilsack and the USDA wasn't consulted. Vilsack added that he has stressed to EPA in a general sense that its crop protection decisions be science-based and that EPA listens to producers, which he claims it has, but Grassley suggests otherwise. Sometimes I sense that he's caught between what he knows is best for Iowa agriculture and what this administration might be pushing. I felt that particularly when you talk about the 30 percent by 2030 of land that would be taken out of production and put into uh, conservation projects. Grassley says Vilsack felt that goal doesn't fit in well with agriculture's production needs. Plans are in development to construct a $1.1 billion next-generation livestock processing facility in western South Dakota. The 1 million square foot facility will process beef and include a specialty bison line. Kingsbury and Associates and Sirius Realty of Rapid City are currently in the research and development phase of the project. Megan Kingsbury says, quote, we aim to restore competition in American meat processing. I'm a fifth-generation producer and know how difficult it is right now for us to be profitable. We want to fix that, end quote. Cattle Business Weekly says they want to compete with the big four meatpacking giants and be that all-important second bidder in the cash market. The proposed facility will focus on bringing in and developing new technologies in robotics and artificial intelligence to make processing easier, safer, and more efficient. The Farm Service Agency is building some flexibility into the Conservation Reserve Program for producers with expiring contracts. Zach Ducheneau, the administrator of the Farm Service Agency, says producers are typically allowed to ask for early contract termination, but there is a penalty. The agency is eliminating that penalty for 2022. This year, we're going to allow them to apply for that voluntary termination of their CRP contract starting after the primary nesting season, do those practices to get that property ready for whatever production is to come without any reduction in payments. He talks about why the agency made the move. We want to make sure that we're putting the producers in the best position to take advantage of any opportunities to help meet global food demand and realize the benefits of the crop prices where they're at now. So if they can get in there a little early and get things ready for the coming production season, so much the better. And Ducheneau talks about why the agency made the move. We want to make sure that we're putting the producers in the best position to take advantage of any opportunities to help meet global food demand and realize the benefits of the crop prices where they're at now. So if they can get in there a little early and get things ready for the coming production season, so much the better. The emergency relief program authorized in September 2021 is beginning to send out relief payments. 
We announced that letters are going out to producers. A little over 300,000 producers will be receiving letters in the mail. Make sure you check your mail. Look for the national office stamp on it. In phase one, the producer will receive this pre-filled application form. On it will be information that we have secured from our sister agency, RMA, who received the information from the AIPs. The producer can look those figures over, verify them with their insurance agent or their AIP, and check a box agreeing to linkage if a risk management product is available, sign it and send it back in or take it back to the county office. We will punch it in and a payment will be coming soon. Again, that's Zach Duchadeau, administrator of the Farm Service Agency. Drivers have logged 30 billion miles on E15, which Growth Energy says is a testament to the blend's rising popularity. Emily Score is CEO of Growth Energy. She was present when President Biden lifted the summertime E15 driving restrictions and talks about what it means for consumers. I was honored to join other biofuel advocates in Menlo, Iowa last month when President Biden announced that his administration will lift outdated restrictions on E15 for the 2022 summer driving season. The decision was welcome news for all Americans, ensuring continued access to a fuel that has been saving drivers as much as 60 cents a gallon in some parts of the country this spring. Right now, E15 is sold at over 2,600 sites nationwide, and its popularity continues to grow. In fact, Growth Energy just announced that U.S. drivers have now logged 30 billion miles driven on E15, a testament to its rising popularity and reliability. And with every mile, Americans are saving money, reducing emissions, and supporting rural jobs. SCORE says the president's decision was a major victory for American drivers and the nation's energy security. She talks about what happens next summer. The EPA waiver only applies to this summer's driving season. And without action, higher ethanol blends like E15 could vanish next year, from many markets. That's why Growth Energy is pressing this administration and leaders in Congress for a permanent fix. America is the world's largest producer of biofuel, and we should be making use of our full capacity in the push for greater energy security and a healthy climate. In fact, nationwide E15 would slash carbon emissions by more than 17.62 million tons. That's the equivalent of taking almost 4 million cars off the road each year. She says biofuel supporters can get involved in the push for a permanent fix to the outdated summertime driving regulations. The president's waiver bought limited time for policymakers to implement a permanent fix. To make sure that happens, we invite listeners to contact their leaders in Congress through the Growth Energy Comment Portal at growthenergy.org backslash take action. Together, we can increase the supply of lower cost, homegrown biofuel available to drivers and put another 30 billion money-saving miles in their rearview mirror. Again, Emily Score is CEO of Growth Energy. Also earlier this week, Reuters came out with a report that the Biden administration likely to raise ethanol blending mandates for 2021 above its proposed figure in December to align with U.S. consumption, according to two sources briefed on the decision. In December, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency proposed refiners blend 13.32 billion gallons of ethanol into the fuel pool, a move that angered Farm Belt lawmakers and the industry who said it was too low. Recent federal figures show U.S. Cons- Consumption of ethanol at about 13.94 billion gallons. Again, this is a story we will continue to watch here as we move ahead into the summer months and beyond. But again, Reuters reporting earlier this week that the Biden administration likely to raise ethanol blending volumes for 2021 to its above its proposed figure back in December. 
You've been listening to another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thank you so much for joining us and making us part of your day today here on this Friday. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day and a great weekend ahead.